0: Lock,
1: talk, radio. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end-time watchman, bringing you light in a dark world, where truth is rivaled with a lie, and the Matrix is normal life. 21 And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days. So you will be ready for the coming of the Lord You are in the zone The Prophecy Zone So join us for the next hour As we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy So you'll be informed And be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ
2: Hey everybody, welcome to the Prophecy Zone I'm your host Phil Armstrong And for the next hour I'm going to be talking about hell uh, So um, Right now, I'm um, in the process of uh, doing a series on revelations, but I decided to take hell on first. Uh, we're going to have various guests on um, throughout the year doing a series on hell. Uh, and um, just so you know, we we are a ministry that is a watchman. We consider ourselves watchmen on the wall. And well, along with many other ministries, we don't uh we don't separate ourselves unless they the other ministries decide they want to separate. Uh, we are all one body and we are to perform one task which is to get the word of God out. Um in the ministry in the prophecies Zone, we're gonna be talking a lot about how to get to heaven and how to avoid hell. And the only way you know, if you're listening to this show and you're a believer is through Jesus Christ. And that is a strong walk with him daily. Uh not just halftime, not just the first and second quarter. Um there are things times where uh you can show up for a game and still receive a ring for a championship. Uh the brother from uh the young man from uh uh Louisville did not play in the championship game but he still received championship rewards. In Christianity, you must be in the game to receive not only the reward but the but salvation. In other words, you it was, salvation is not by works, but it is by relationship. So if you live your life as if it the relationship is not that important, it's a sidekick or it's the third tier or the fourth tier or heck even the second tier then you you may question are you do you belong to Christ or not because Christ asked for total commitment so um some of the some of the tracks that I'm gonna play on this show are 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 sub, sub, um they're subjective to subjection uh they're they're not something I'm saying happened. I'm not saying that you know you can hear voices from hell. I'm not saying I'm not saying that that is voices from hell, but I am playing it so we can get an idea if if we did hear voices from hell, how would it sound? And I'm not trying to get you to believe that hell exists because I'm playing something that I'm not so sure if it's actual voices from hell, but I'm trying to give you an idea. Of how it might be. Um, The letter from hell I'm going to play. Is subjective. I'm not saying that I'm playing this show. You know on Facebook or on YouTube. Or any other place. To get arguments. To be subjective. And I'm not asking you to believe me. But search the scriptures yourself. Because I'm going to be talking about scripture as well. And. It's. It's not the cue cards in science class where you take the test that that gets you to pass in grade. It's your studying of the actual book. Some teachers allow people to have a cheat sheet or some type of a cue card, one cue card, and you can write as many things as you want on that for a reminder to trigger your thoughts and trigger your, you know. And with these... um, what these uh, clips are uh, from YouTube and from other various sources is to get you to, your, for your imagination to open up more clearly to what the the, the um, scriptures could be saying to you. Uh, so, what we're going to do for the first part is I'm going to read you some scripture. And um, this piece of scripture has always intrigued me because it is an actual person it's not a parable. It's the actual person that Abraham was with named Lazarus. <coughs> and Lazarus also, before he died, sat outside of a rich man's house with the rich man's actual person. So bear with me well, while we read Is Luke 16, uh, verse 19. It says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen. Now, who else do you know in the scriptures? That um, this represents uh, purple. Now we get to that a little bit later. And feared, feared every day. Meaning he was rich, and there was a certain beggar named Lazar, which was laid at his gate, full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the rich man's table. I'm sorry, uh, let me go back to It says, um, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angel into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and sealed Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. <coughs> and he cried and said father abraham have mercy on me and send lazarus and he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for i am tormented in these flames but abraham said son remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thou good things and likewise lazarus evil things but now he is confronted And thou art tormented, comforted, excuse me. I think I'm dyslexic today. He is confident, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf, not just a normal gulf, a great gulf, fixed so that they which would pass from him to you cannot, neither can they pass to us. That would come from, think, right with you, actually. Uh, so i get i think the king james version is getting to me today i love the king james version but that it kind of got me twist tongue, tongue tied it says then he said i pray thee therefore father thou that thou wouldst send him to my father's house to lazarus for i have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And I believe there's a lot of people in hell thinking that right now, if hell exists for some of you people. I'm being a devil's advocate as I say that, but I don't want to be the devil's advocate because I believe in the scriptures. And the scriptures say that there's a hell, and Jesus spoke more about hell than any body in the Bible. Matter of fact, he spoke a lot more about hell than he did, about heaven because he did not want anybody to go there. Abraham says unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he say he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded the one rose from the dead. So uh that makes that, that makes a lot of legs tremble when you hear that because what Abraham said is is they have the prophets with them. And I can hear God now at the at the great white throne judgment. Well every house had five Bibles in it. Somebody could have picked one up. And many people heard the gospel on Easter You know, dressing up in your suits and and, and going to church on special occasions, weddings and and funerals when the preacher preaches a altar call. And American culture, supposedly a a Christian nation, which, you know, if you're honest, be honest, it's not. Uh, The Christian uh, word has been uh, spoken many times. From a person's age who who reached my age of forty four, they've probably heard the gospel many times. Now, I I, I, be, I I believe that there are some people who have not heard the gospel in particular. You know, they've heard it, but it passed through one ear and out the other. But they they have heard it. So there's no way to say you did not hear the gospel. So with this story, you you hear the beggar. um he's saying uh he's asking for relief for one thing and he's saying that if anybody was if anybody comes from the dead and can preach uh then they would listen to them now let me let me say this what if bill weiss which i got his book right here uh i believe the guy i believe he had a vision um, in, the, in the last days, he says, "Your old man will dream dreams, and your young man will see visions." Uh, if that's the case, then there you have it. Bill Wees happened to see a vision, or be took him into the to hell. Do I believe it a hundred percent? I'll say about eighty five percent. I don't think the guy's lying. My fifteen percent is is that I have to go and search the scriptures even more for myself to believe him at a hundred percent. When you look at the guy, I see no. No trace of lying Uh, I'm not a I'm not a lie detector machine but I don't see any lying in him I like to get him on the show and then I like to see if I can get somebody to rebuttal but I still believe him over the rebuttal until I get the rebuttal or the debunking Uh, so if you are a person who is skeptical of hell then that's fine because we we need to search the scriptures as well but you if you're skeptical from a distance and don't move closer to the bible and pick the bible up and you're still skeptical even at the change in a few pages then you're going to have to study study to prove the, the bible right or wrong whatever way you want to take it and 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 the Bibles are going to speak to you now, most churches have taken hell out of its um policy, I call it policy out of its theology. Most churches do not want to preach hell because it might offend other people, but <laughs> the bible the very Bible offends people, even the good parts. <laughs> What I mean by the good parts is even the nice parts. Now people pick and choose what they want to hear. The Bible says in the last day, people will get pastors who will preach to it tickle their ear, to give them the finer things, to motivate them to do something. I want to be able to to just the sky is the limit. The world is my oyster. Tell me what I want to hear. Tell me, Mister Preacher Man. What I want to hear. Tell me, Mr. Joel Osteen, what I want to hear. Okay, I don't want to hear that old Billy Graham. I want to hear the new Billy Graham. Tell me what I want to hear. Tell me, uh, Rob Bell, what I want to hear. I want to hear something that's going to make me feel good. And we know that sin lasts for a season. The Bible says that, that, that it's appointed for a man to die once and then the judgment, Hebrews nine twenty seven. Now, let me read something before we go on. Uh, And I'm going to read two pieces of scripture before I go on. And I should have already had this in place, but I did not have it in place. But anyway, uh, and first of all, you can go and talk to people about Jesus Christ and witness to people. That's what we need to be doing. But... If, the, if someone does not know why they should take Jesus as a personal savior, what's the main reason why? And if you take hell out, you've taken the backbone out. Because, okay, you can, Jesus came to save me from my sins. Why do I care? Why do I care... If Jesus comes and saves me from my sins I mean why should I well why why should that make any difference to me but it's the results the results of sin which will get them and get their intention now if you sow a seed then you need to walk away from that seed and, and let it grow. See, if you set it, if you in your yard in your own personal private yard and you and, and you saw a garden, yeah, you're gonna have to water it unless you expect some dude to break in or you hire somebody to water your plants. But normally we where we care for our own stuff. So if if you lay a seed out in, in the world. And plant a garden out in the world say like your your school has a, a like at the street of my house my son's um, school planted a uh, I, I think it's in a neighborhood the airway Heights um, the, the city that I live in um, planted a garden now if I go up they, and they they say anybody can go plant a garden so if I go up there and plant a seed into the soil and I walk away, I'm expecting somebody to water that soil, or or it's been soiled, it's been planted in vain. So as I walk away from that, I have confidence that someone's going to water that seed and water that soil so it can grow. Well, God says my word will not return by void. If I put it out there, it's going to come back. So he said, "This whole world, everything might perish, but my word will not will be fulfilled." I mean, it will be fulfilled. So let's look at uh, Proverbs. First, we're going to look at Proverbs sixteen twenty-five. So, if you have your Bible, start to Proverbs sixteen twenty-five. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now, death in the Bible is not death, per se, to the majority of people in America. Death to people in America says that you're looking at the individual in the box. You are looking at a person in a box... And their body just stopped working. Because they still think that the person's here with them as time goes on. Well, I was talking to my sister the other day, and she's died two years ago or, or a month two months ago. But to be absent from the body as a Christian is to be present with the Lord. And in Hebrews nine, twenty seven it says it's appointed for a man to die once and then to judgment. So The spirit which kept you alive, the body functions, keeps the spirit and soul inside until the body functions stop working. And then it releases it. It's just like a bird who you see a nest, a nest. And the ego keeps, or like oh, this is used for ego, for example. The ego drops its baby, it takes its baby way up into the air, drops its baby, and then, then the baby can't fly. still. He goes and scoops the baby up, and they try again. Well, um, in this case, uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh man, I was thinking of something else. I had another thing I want to say, and I just dropped it. I'll think of that later. But anyway. Um, so what I want to do is find my control panel my studio and I want to uh I want to play some things for y'all. Uh but first I want to incorporate the kingdom of the devil. I want to incorporate what the devil's mission is and people fail to realize that the devil's mission is to turn people away from God. But his ultimate goal, his ultimate goal is total worship. So he wants to be worshipped. But he knows if he's not worshipped, then God's going to be worshipped. But the ultimate goal of Satan is if I can't have it, you can't have it either. So, in other words, his ultimate goal is if he's going to hell, you're going to hell too. And he can't stand the human race. So, he'll kill you off, even if you're a Christian, even if you're going to heaven because he can't stand you. But he'll definitely kill you off because he still hates your guts. He still hates your guts even though you're following him. Because Satan's ultimate uh, fantasy is to see mankind destroyed completely. And if you can follow him into destruction, he's fine. And if you can follow Jesus and he can kill you, he is fine too. But he would rather for you to follow him and worship him. And then the final result is he knows the final result that he's headed to hell. Now, there's no secret. He could have found that out by humans. Humans, if he can overhear us talking, it's not like he's deaf. His ultimate destruction is the eternal lake of fire. And we're going to read that also. So, um, let me turn to Revelation 20. Because this is going to explain some stuff. Let's go to Revelations 12 first. Okay. It says, Revelations twenty twelve. He says, <clears throat> And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were in it, in the book, excuse me, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead, which were in it, and then death and Hades delivered up the dead, which were in them. And they would judge every man according to their works. And the dead, excuse me, in death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Uh, The word of Jesus said in the word of God uh, that... Uh the the road is narrow. In other words, the way to Christ is narrow. Now there are many roads that lead to the judgment sheet of Christ. But only one road leads to eternal heaven or eternity in with Jesus Christ. Um in uh Revelation twenty one 8 It says, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the adulterers and the liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, Satan will be bound in the lake of fire for a thousand years. It reads in uh, Revelations 24, it says, And I saw the thrones, and they sat upon them, and the judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them which were beheaded for the witness of Christ, for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, even in his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their... Hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. That's the Great White Throne Judgment. So they had to go to Hades. They had to go to Hades and Sheol for a thousand years. And then after the thousand years, they go at the judgment seat, which is the Great White Throne Judgment seat, stand in front of God. So all unbelievers will stand in front of God. It says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. They will stand in front of God the Father and confess that Jesus is Lord. And then they will be thrown into the lake of fire. And I'm going to explain something in a minute to you. Uh, Every day, 250,000 people die in the world. Now, it's 7 billion people. The, The scales just tipped 7 billion last year sometimes. So... It's probably a little bit higher now. It's probably like 300 some million, 300 some thousand people died. now. It might not seem like a lot, but trust me, it's a lot. Because at the end of the year, you've lost a lot of people, and um, in the tribulation period, which is soon to come on our, on the, um, it's, pretty, it's coming pretty soon. Jesus Christ promised that He will come back. And, and and judge the earth uh let me finish reading this but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished this is the first resurrection blessed and the holy is he that have part in the first resurrection now the the one i just read a couple of minutes ago was the people who had been involved in the second death um uh, are not too happy the people who are involved in the second first resurrection are very happy now uh satan will be bound for a thousand years and after the thousand years is up satan will come out and still wage war against god now it says um as christ reign and rule there are still people who will come out and come against God, but we're going to cover that a little bit later. What I want to exercise here for a moment is that everyone has to make the decision. And there's one decision. It's either, it's not Democrat or Republican. It's not, uh, you know, uh, what football team is going to win the Super Bowl? It's not what town you're going to uh, uh, live in. It's not who you're going to marry. That's the everybody has to make the one telltale decision: heaven or hell. Total commitment, no commitment, and in between is a lukewarm commitment. So, which is still no commitment. Um. <clears throat> So Hell is a real place, and it's and hell is is uh paid for the devil and his angels. That's why Hell was built. Hell was built for the devil and his angels it was not built for mankind 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 cannot take hell; mankind was not designed. For hell, mankind was not designed to live in hell. People are still in hell if they if they died twenty years ago and and they were not with Christ or they did not belong to Christ. They're still in hell. If they died two hundred years ago or two thousand years ago or four thousand years ago, they're still in hell. Um, Their their bodies are still burning in the late uh, uh, excuse me in in hell and I'm going to read something right now I'm sending out a little bit of invitations for people to catch the rest of the show and hopefully the rest of the show goes according to plan I was just going to look up something and I lost my chain of thought okay but I'm going to go ahead and play a uh, couple of clips And the first one is only last for a a minute and a half. And this happens to be Sounds from Hell. So let's go ahead and listen to that, and we'll be right back. Now, I don't know if I actually believe that, but it goes fits in with the show, and I'm not saying it's actually sounds from hell, but it show does sound like it, Um, and uh, if it was a hell to be on the the Devil's Advocate, which I 100% believe, but I'm just same. If there was, if if, if, if and a lot of y'all have the same question, is there a hell? But if there is a hell, that's what it would sound like. Uh, I'm gonna go and play another. Uh, this is a letter from hell. It's gonna last a little bit longer, uh, six minutes. I'll be right back.
0: What if? What if you had a friend who died without knowing Jesus as their personal savior? What if he or she went to hell? What if one day you received a letter in the mail from beyond? A letter from hell. A letter from your friend in the flames of eternal torment. The following is a dramatic presentation. It was written by a fictitious high school student named Josh to a friend named Zach. Although Zach had every opportunity to tell Josh about Jesus, he didn't. They were best friends. They played soccer together, they went to classes together, they partied together, they shared their lives with each other. But there was one thing Zach held back from Josh, his personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The rest of the story is simple and sad. A few too many beers, a tragic drive home, a crash, a death, a funeral, a letter. Here is that letter in its entirety. A letter from hell. Dear Zach,
3: I died today. It's a lot different than I expected. You see, I always thought dying would bring me into a world that's foggy and hazy. But this place is crystal clear. it's even more real than my life on earth I can think I can talk I can even feel right after the wreck I could feel my spirit leaving my body it was the weirdest thing Zach I thought I heard you screaming out to me man
4: I must have been just imagining things.
3: at first I was just standing in line getting registered, I guess. They asked me for my name and began to look at this thing they called the Book of Life. I guess they couldn't find it, though, because this huge angel standing next to me grabbed me by the arm and started dragging me away. I was terrified. I had no idea what was going on. I asked the angel where he was taking me, but he didn't answer. So I asked him again. Finally, he told me that only those whose names were written in the book of life could enter into heaven, and the rest would be condemned to hell forever, and I was scared. <laughs> the angel threw me into some kind of holding cell, where I've been sitting and thinking for a long, long time. Do you want to know what I've been thinking about? I've been thinking about you. Zach, you're a Christian. You told me so yourself. I mean, we talked about it three different times today. Kelly brought it up, and you laughed it off. Coach Adams brought it up, and you changed the subject. I mean, it came up right before the wreck. Well, the question I can't get out of my mind is this, Zach. Why haven't you ever told me about how to become a Christian? I mean, you say you're my friend, but if you really were, you would have told me about this Jesus, and told me how to escape this terrible place that I'm headed for. I can feel my heart pounding in my chest. The angels who have been chosen to cast me into hell are coming down the hallway. I can hear their footsteps. I've heard of this hell, Zach. They call it the Lake of Fire. I can't stand it, Zach. I'm terrified. The angels are at the door. Oh no. No! They're coming in and they're pointing at me. They're grabbing me and carrying me out of the room. I can already smell the burning sulfur and brimstone. I can see the edge of the cliff where hell burns. This is it. I am without hope. We're coming closer, closer, closer. My heart is bursting with fear. They're holding me over the
4: flames. I'm damned forever. This is it. They have thrown me in. Fire. Pain. Hell. Why death? Why didn't you ever tell me about Jesus?
3: Signed. Your friend.
0: Don't bother me with my friend at work. He's got his own religion. I don't have time to change his mind. He'll make his own decision. Don't bother me with that little girl, the girl playing in the street. She's much too young to understand that the Savior she can meet. Don't bother me with the sounds I hear, the sounds of people shrieking. Although I wonder who they are, who are these victims screaming. Don't bother me with who they are. I really don't want the blame.
2: first one was sounds from hell. The second one was a letter from hell. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back.
5: October 30th, 1991. President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the perfect storm, destroys the bush vacation home in Maine. And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence? Or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17:8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTernan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at JohnMcTurnan.name.
4: 23 says, For the wages of sin is death,
0: but the gifts of God is eternal life. Congrats to Jesus, our Lord. You're listening to the
4: Prophet
0: on Block Talk Radio.
3: ...story we're following. New Yorkers can now apply for the new enhanced driver's license. Please
0: Melissa on the at Peace Bridge with
6: the latest.
0: Melissa, they've only been available for a couple of
4: hours, but already more than 100 New Yorkers have applied for the new enhanced driver's license. Officials say that they'll make crossing borders like here at the Peace Bridge safer and faster. Now, starting June 2009, federal law will require you to either have...
2: What if... What if you had a. I did not mean to push any of those buttons. Sorry about that. Uh, so uh, that's going to be the next show, though uh, the, the Mark of the Beast and the uh, technology where the uh, Antichrist will mark everyone with the right hand or the forehead. So uh, stay tuned. Many of that's going to tie into the Revelation series. Um, okay, so uh, hell is for real. So the basically this show is is leaning towards why uh, uh, or how people believe or don't believe in in hell Uh, and mainly right now I'm trying to show that hell is real and uh, and yes there are forces trying to get you to go there and these forces, of course, is Satan. now, the Bible says in ephesians uh, chapter and I think a lot of people in in churches forget this uh for their own personal lives and for uh, their families and and churches for uh, their pastor or whatever so um He says in um, Ephesians six, um, verse ten. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We, for for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and against rulers and dark darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the, armor, the whole armor of God. So, we are wrestling against forces. We're wrestling against Satan and fallen angels. Satan tried to dethrone God at one point and, and make a coup, and instead he was kicked out of heaven, the first heaven where God res- resides, and was thrown into the third heaven. Right now, he is getting people to respond to him. And he's quite successful. He's quite successful. He's quite successful at making us believe that this is a Christian nation when it's not. And many churches, um, even some of the hardcore churches I want to, believe this is still a Christian nation. How could it be a Christian nation when no one's Christian? Uh, that's just called. That's like calling me a motorcycle shop when I'm actually a car shop. Now you might have one or two motorcycles in the, uh, you know, in the car shop, but it's still a car shop. Um, let me uh, play this. Paul Harvey, and Paul Harvey hit the nail on the head on this one. Um, if I were the
7: devil. And I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey, good day.
2: (laughs) Good day. Yeah, that was right on point. And I can add a few to to the list as well. Uh, Some of these preachers that are preaching... Uh, so-called gospels, preaching a phony, fake gospel. Um, They're turning from the faith. So when you hear in Thessalonians, some shall depart from the faith. Is that that Timothy? Some shall depart from the faith, giving heat to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That is Timothy, 1 Timothy 4. And that's exactly what it is, doctrines of devils. Galatians chapter 1 said, if we preach any other gospel... Uh, then we are cursed. Now you can deviate off course if you if you're on a ship and you're headed to a certain direction and you deviate a percentage, by the time you get supposedly get to your destination, you're off by miles. And the Bible says, "Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that find it." You can tinker with the simplicity of Christ if you want and if you please but it's going to get you a first seat in hell because remember you were responsible to the cross. You will be beaten with many stripes. And, and see, I, I love the word that God is implanted in me because even when I fall off track, he brings me back because I, I, I fear what the, what he can do to my soul, which cast it in hell that scares the living daylights out of me and it should scare some other people who grew up some people who grew, grew up in, in hell and, and, and uh, brimstone and, and, and fire uh, preachers and they choose to steal, deviate from that because they think a loving God will not send anybody to hell and guess what folks For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That he who believes, and that belief is different from what people think it is. I can believe I can fly, but by the time I hit the ground, if I jump out of a building, I'm going to find out I can't. Believe is, is, is to be... Committed. So if I believe I'm a Dallas Cowboy and I get actually go through the system of getting drafted, even if I didn't play college football and I walked on to the Dallas Cowboys, they say, oh, man, you can play ball. I still went through the process. But I believe, and if I maintain to believe that I'm a Dallas Cowboy, then I'll stay on the team. If I stop believing and I start breaking the rules, I'm going to be gone. They're going to kick me out of there. Same thing with the Christian faith. God, yeah, it's not a, it's not a faith of works lest any man should boast, but it is a faith of belonging to God, being committed to God, living your life, picking up your cross, and following Christ daily is a commitment. And some people are not willing to, to commit. They would rather burn in hell or take that chance. And that's not what God is asking us to do. So where will you make your bed at? All my listeners, I'll tell you, who is listening? Where will you make your bed? Because life is full of distractions, especially if you're an American. Life is full of distractions. And if you're distracted, then and, and it is amazing how the matrix is set up. We are spirits walking around with bodies. We are souls walking around with bodies. So the very person that you are is more of the spirit in the soul rather than the body. So when you go to a funeral and you see somebody laying in a casket, that was a holding cell. There were pilgrims in that body. So when you die, it's appointed unto a man to die once, Hebrews nine twenty seven, and then to judgment. When you die, you no longer reside in that place. It's still you. It's still the holding cell. And ultimately, it's going to be, believe it or not, the holding cell for you for eternity, even when it goes to the ground, even when it blows up in a plane crash. It's still going to be called back. God is going to call back every speck that was created into its rightful order, and to make that judgment. And folks, we have to warn our family and friends that yeah, hell is hell is hell is real. I'm gonna do another show on this, and I'm gonna take my time on it, and I'm gonna get it. Def- I'm gonna define that 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 we are going to live. Once, and then we are going to be judged for what we have done here, either good or bad. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and play, if I can find it, uh, Brother um, Dave Wilkerson, um, Pastor Dave Rick- 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 Wilkerson's uh, uh, tape. Oh, man. And um, he, here it is. Uh, This is nine minutes and 57 seconds. Hell
6: is the most hated truth in the world. I'm going to say it again. Hell is the most hated truth in the world. It's hated most by backslidden theologians and preachers or liberals. They hate the message on hell. They rail and gnash their teeth against the very idea of an eternal hell, especially if there's wrath and terror and literal fire. In fact, if you were to give the tape of this message tonight to a majority of liberal preachers here in New York City, they listen to it, they wouldn't be five minutes into it about right now, in fact. I mean their face is going to turn deep red, their veins in the neck are going to pop out, and the first thing they're going to do is either flip it off or they're going to say something like this That man is crazy. He's uncouth. He's uneducated. He's putting fear and guilt on people because hell is nonsense. The only hell you get here on earth. Now that, those kind of preachers would be better off to quit the ministry they'd be more honest and go out and get a job. And I'm not being facetious. But you see, they say that hell is not compatible, it's not compatible with the love of Jesus Christ. That it's not compatible with the mercy of Jesus and His compassion. And human nature recoils... At the very thought of eternal damnation, everlasting torment, weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth. And so this truth, from the very first time it's been preached to this last day, and more so now than ever, the message on hell has been ridiculed, it's been softened, it's discounted. Every effort's made to explain it away. Yet God is not ashamed to declare His wrath against sin. I'm going to read you a scripture. Now, ministers are ashamed of it. I mean the backslidden liberal preachers are ashamed. All they preach is the love of God. Nothing else. And they get mad at any other preacher who even mentions the wrath of God. And yet my Bible is full of the fact that God, being a holy God, is also a wrathful God against sin. Jesus warned about this over and over again. Jesus preached hell more than any Pentecostal Baptist preacher on the face of the earth. He preached it to his friends. Now, I'm going to take you to the Scriptures. Don't, don't turn, just follow me. I'm going to take you to Luke 12:5. Listen to what Jesus said to his friends. He's not talking to prostitutes and alcoholics now. He's talking to his disciples. Listen to what he said. And I say unto you, my friends, do not be afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more power in what they can do. But I'll tell you who you shall fear. Fear him, which after he's killed the body, has power to cast you into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Who said that? Jesus said that. Folks, if Jesus said it, I have a right to preach it. Every preacher in America should be preaching, because Jesus preached it. He preached it to his friends. He preached it to those who were saved. He said, I'll tell you who to fear. Fear him, or after you're dead, he can cast you into hell. Fear him. Jesus turned on the Pharisees and the scribes and the hypocrites. He said, you snakes, you serpents, you generation of vipers, how will you ever escape the damnation of hell? How will you escape the damnation of hell? Jesus is preaching it over and over again. Yes, Jesus preached hell. He warned about hell. And yet we've got preachers, even Pentecostal and Baptist and charismatic preachers, to that say, that's doomed day, we don't preach hell. Have you ever heard a prosperity preacher preach on hell? You never will. All right, what is hell like? What is hell going to be like? Fasten your seat belts. And I'm not trying to be sensational i tell you what I've the fear of God's in my heart. The Bible said men love darkness more than light. Is that in your Bible? Men love darkness more than light. The thought of God by the way, the very thought of God right now, the very thought of holiness makes sinners cringe here, doesn't it? How much more is it going to make them cringe in hell? If they won't come right now, remember the rich man who died and went to hell and he's in torments, and he asked Abraham to send somebody raised from the dead to talk to his brothers? He said if they will not receive the prophets alive, they won't receive anybody that was raised from the dead. And the same thing goes for hell. They will not believe though someone came from heaven to hell to preach. That's kind of darkness. going to believe a lie. Now hell, listen close, now hell is more than just being forsaken by God. Abandoned. You know, there was a time I preached on hell. Some of you heard me preach in Brooklyn Tabernacle about five years ago. And, and I, I, I was trying to save God's personality and His character. And I was saying, you know, it gives God no pleasure. The death of the ungodly gives Him no pleasure. And I was trying to protect God. I was trying to be easy on God. I, in other words, don't get mad at God because of hell. And I've been rebuked by the Holy Spirit. Yes, God does get no pleasure from the death of His saints. That's as long as the cross is there. The day of redemption is available. But the day of His wrath is coming, the Bible says. A day of vengeance. When God takes out His vengeance on sin and the ungodly, everybody in hell is going to be the object of His punishment. Hell is punishment. It's not just a prison, it's punishment. It's terror. It's vengeance. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them. I saw that again today. In flaming fire, God taking vengeance. And you know what that word vengeance means? Retaliation. Payday. Wages for sin. It's payday. God says it's payday. And God says, I'm going to spend my vengeance. Jude said, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Suffering the vengeance. Paul said, for we know him that has said, vengeance belongeth to me, and I will repay, saith the Lord. For it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the Lord. Fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Listen to me. If there's no hell, why is it a fearful thing to fall in his hands? Answer it. Anybody tells you that no hell says, then why does the Bible say it's a fearful thing to fall into his hands? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay Those who are in hell are not in the hands of the devil, they're in God's hands. They're not in the hands of the devil, never in eternity. He himself is being tormented. He is under the wrath of God. The scripture says they are in God's hands for an eternity. And how long will God hate sin? As long as He's God. He cannot stop hating sin into eternity because that's his nature. He'll hate sin all through eternity. As long as there's a God, he will hate sin. He will hate it as long as there's a hell and there'll be a hell, there'll be a hell as long as God hates sin. And the devil was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, and he shall be tormented day and night. Now, folks, when you read day and night in Revelation, that doesn't mean, well, that doesn't mean it's an eternity, it's in time. No, that's a figure of speech. You look it up in the Greek, it's a figure of speech meaning everlasting, nothing more. You can't build a doctrine on day or night. It's a figure of speech meaning everlasting. That there is no day, there's no night, it all runs together for an eternity. Hell... It's a place of rage and hatred toward God. It's a place of rage and hatred toward God. Listen to me very closely now. I, I used to believe that when people went to hell, they'd start crying out for mercy, they'd repent and say, Oh God, I'm sorry, and hoping there'd be some way of mercy. But you know... That the Bible says that when God begins to pour out His judgments on this earth, even before eternity comes, even when God just begins to scorch men with heat, with fire, when He has the angels. And by the way, I, I, I've heard preachers say, "Well, God doesn't, God doesn't scorch anybody with fire. Oh, He's got angels that're gonna do it. Oh, yes, He's got angels of wrath going to pour out His vials of wrath upon the earth." But I want you to listen to me. There's a a scripture that says there's the fourth angel, and it's found, I believe, in Revelation 16, the fourth angel that sent forth to scorch men with fire. Now, this is a taste of hellfire. fire. They're being scorched with fire, and what do they do? Wouldn't you think that if God began to send an angel to New York City, and about 5 million people in this city were absolutely scorched, I mean 80% of their body, was scorched with fire, and yet they're still living, and it was known that it was the judgment of God. you think they would repent when there'd be a revival, and the judgment's coming, no. You know what they'd be? There'd be more cursing against God than there's ever been. There'd be more hatred toward God. We'd have men all over the city shaking their fists at God cursing His name. You want proof? Listen to what they did, these who were scorched with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God which had power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory.
1: Now, be prepared. To re-enter the zone where only watchmen dare go and only the fearless do venture. Now from the lands of the Pacific Northwest in FEMA Region 6, where we warn about your future in the rapture of the church, the concentration camps of the enemy, your host, once again, Phil Armstrong. Welcome back to the zone, the prophecy zone.
4: (laughs)
2: into the lake of fire, but I wanted to tie it with um, the unsaved. Uh, Now, Jesus said that many will try to enter into the kingdom of God, and um, few will be going. Now, if if that can set the picture of the stage for you, listen to this, uh, Revelation 20, verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are. I love that terminology. Are that's kind of like before Abraham, I I was or I, I am. Um, you, know, you don't use I was, I am. Now here uh, it says, uh, "Where the beast and the false prophet are," and that's deep. I mean, you can just. You can just look through the corridors of time. That means that they were still there and they still here. And they never left. Uh, and I can see if it said where the false prophet, uh, where the beast and the false prophet prophet were hanging out. No, it says where they are. And, uh, I can't even grasp it, folks. I can't even explain that. But anyway, um, a pretty good definition of time so they they have totally existed here for the whole thousand years that's exactly what he's saying um and then it says and and, and they shall be terminated day and night now if you go down to verse 15 of um, chapter 20 it says and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire that this is the second death and whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire that's deep so whether by the way whether false where the antichrist and the false prophet are <laughs> so I don't think there's nothing funny there but I have to chuckle how definitive the Bible is where people say it's not it's not it's not iron clad it, it's, it's, it's trust me if you read it now the Holy Spirit determining what it's saying it's iron it's iron um so we, we're going to make this choice, and we're going to figure out where we're going to make our bed at. Is it going to be heaven or hell? Is it eternity in the lake of fire, or is it eternity in in hell? Now let me go back and see if I can find um some something. Oh, that's the wrong Bible. Oh I got it actually here. Okay, so Shill and Hades our terminologies for for the underworld were the unsaved go from Adam and Eve all the way up to now so the lake of fire the first recipients of the lake of fire will be the false pro- the ant- the the beast and the false prophet because remember where the beast and the false prophet are so the first recipients in the lake of fire is them they even beat satan there so Satan would be thrown into the lake of fire after the thousand years is up. So he goes into the bottom of his pit. Now those, now the, when I, the first thing I read before in, in Luke sixteen nineteen was about the rich man and Lazarus and Lazarus was at the bosom of Abraham and that is what you call paradise. Which was still under the earth, believe it or not. I I can my mind cannot fathom how that happened, how that is. But hell in Sheol is where the rich ruler was when he was talking with uh Abraham and Lazarus. Now, the term Sheol and Hades both refer to the place of suffering for the unsaved go, who go uh, to hell. Or go un, as they die. They, this is where they go. In the Old Testament, uh, descending into Sheol was apparently a penalty for sin. Uh, so that was the penalty for sin in the Old Testament, uh, and it is described as destruction. <clears throat> so everything there, there's no life there. Like my brother Bill, we said, there's no life there. Uh, God is the the, is the is the is the person who supplies everything that is good. Everything that is bad is in hell. So hell does not carry anything that lives. Water is not even there. And that is that is some place that we need to tell our friends and family they need to avoid at all costs. So as we as we go on through this series, we're going to take t- some time to talk about the ultimate place where people need to avoid. And as you look at the landscape of humanity for the 6,000 years of our existence, you see a war between two factions, heaven and hell. But in the course of the war, there are many battles. In the course of the war, there are many uh, uh, opponents for mankind. And one of the worst opponents we're going to talk about in this Revelation series, because this Revelation series is not going to just be, it's going to be about the book of Revelations, but it's going to be about things that are in the book of Revelations that have led to the book of Revelations that is present right now and is going to be in the future. So one of the things I want to talk about is the current church world and the deception, which will keep a man out of heaven because you don't have to do, I used to have a track in Hawaii and they used to say, what do you need to do? You know, at the cover on the cover of the track, what do you need to do to get to hell? You open it up and says, the track says absolutely nothing. So I want to expound expound on what the Bible says about deception in the last days for the and I want to go and I want to use the whole Bible for that, but I, I particularly want to use the Revelations, the Book of Revelations, because this is where we lead it. This is this is the climax. This is the Omega. This is this is the defining moment when Jesus. Will be revealed in these last days. It is this defining moment in the book of Revelation where I want to show the different movements. So the whole year is going to be basically book of Revelation. But we're going to use the whole Bible intact. We're, we're going to use the whole Bible line upon line, preach up upon so preach up. So when we look at the emerging church, where does it fit in? Everything fits in. The emerging church fits in and even if the emerging church flips over five more times and ends up something else, it's still it's still part of the book of Revelation's makeup. Because ultimately the Antichrist is going to ask for worship. But to get to that point, you have to take a you have to take a road uh or two or three or four or five or six. You have to to take a a destination to get to being deceived, into worshiping some individual. Now, some people are going to be so deceived that they have already heard the Bible spoke about this Antichrist, and they still take his mark. That's why the Bible says that even the elect, if they're allowed to, will be deceived. And it says that evil men will wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. So with this what we're trying to do here is to reveal what's gonna happen and to and to become roadblocks for those who are headed to hell. And particularly the people in the church. In Revelation chapter 3, he says that I wish, talking to the church of Laodicea, that you were hot or cold, but you were lukewarm. Those are the most dangerous spots to be in, folks. I was there before. To be lukewarm is to be unconscious of what the Bible is really trying to tell you. And you would rather go for your pursuits and your happiness and 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 i want i want life to give me things now your best life now and the devil is using these tools and i call them tools just like i call myself a tool for god the devil is using these tools to counterfeit christianity and to allow people to believe Anything that they want to believe, and, that, and they shall have it that way, and they should have it so. But um, we're going to talk about <clears throat> we're going to talk about the prosecution of the church as well, because the church is being prosecuted all around the world, but mainly it's starting to come here. Now the military. Gave hints on where it's going to go in the future. And they're going to make it so people who postulatize, or if they want to call it that, which technically is sharing your faith, because I used to do it. I did it for for at least eight years of the 12 years I was in the military. And to even listen to this individual um, uh, organization, to even come out and suggest that Christians should be thrown into jail or or they should be court-martialed is, is the work of satanic discovery. And that's exactly what it is. It's satanic. I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back.
1: Now, be prepared. To re-enter the zone, where only watchmen dare go and only the fearless do venture. Now from the lands of the Pacific Northwest in FEMA Region 6, where we warn about your future in the rapture of the church, the concentration camps of the enemy, your host once again, Phil Armstrong. Welcome back to the zone, the
7: prophecy zone. <laughs>
2: I like that commercial or I hit the wrong button. So we're going to try this again. (laughs) I like the commercial, though. But um, we're going to try again to go to commercial. Um, But when we come back, we're going to close out. And uh, just want to say a couple of things before we close out. I hope this is not a song.
8: Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever.
7: Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central.
1: You've seen the pieces. Now,
8: come see the bigger picture, an American Warning Radio, with your host, David Robertson,
5: on this and many other networks that value liberty.
7: All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program. And I think once people realize that, that That's on now, live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station. You're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning.
5: America. Warning. America's habit forming. Sad is habit habit forming.
1: Use the truth
7: carefully. Get more information at an AmericanWarning.com. That's A N (laughs) AmericanWarning.com.
0: talk about the soon coming of Jesus Christ to the earth, to destroy the enemies and front of his long-awaited kingdom. Tonight we will talk about anti-prophecy and what God say will happen in this word. Stay tuned for an amazing show. You're listening to the Prophecy Zone on
4: Blog
0: Talk Radio.
1: Prophecy zone. When is he coming back? When is the end of days? Soon. We are in the last days. The Bible lays out our future and host Phil Armstrong examines what the scripture tells of his coming every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on the Prophecy Zone.
2: What is the new world order? The people who are talking about the new world order, Bible prophecy may be in danger. What do
1: you need to be rapture ready?
2: I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible and we have to stick with the bondage, okay? How much time is left?
1: See more at theprophecyzone.com and youtube.com slash prophecyzone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. Who
2: is the Antichrist? I believe the Antichrist will not be known until the tribulation period starts. This is The Prophecy Zone.
4: Well, it's it's always
8: a great privilege to be here today and to preach, to share God's Word with you. I want you to open up your Bible to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, chapter 20. Verse 11, And I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. And death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, He was thrown into the lake of fire. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, Father. What a burden. Father, speak through your word today. Through my weakness, Father. Oh, come north wind and blow upon this place. Come south wind. And from the east and the west. Come wind of God and blow upon this place. Bring these truths home to your people and to those who are not your people. Bring these truths home. Father, help us. Strengthen us. And we will be helped. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The power of this passage that is before us is absolutely astounding and the love it requires to preach it is more than I have. You see, in a day that we live where men speak about wonderful, marvelous things and cry out peace, peace, but there is no peace. Sometimes we're called upon to, in a sense, ruin everyone's party and to say stop, to scream, to cry out, stop. Think for a moment about the end of your days, where you are heading, what Christ really says in the totality of His Word. How is it that we're inclined just to give ourselves towards those things which most please the flesh so often and refuse to look at the train that is coming? Yea, it might be a slow train, But it is a train, and it is a certain train, and it is coming, the day when all men will stand naked before God. Everyone. And as I often say, I will not lose sleep at night because you don't have self-esteem. I won't lose sleep at night because your checkbook isn't balanced, or you can't keep up with the Joneses. Men of God lose sleep at night. Because of this, the reality of this that is before us, that is more reality than anything you can taste or touch or smell or feel this morning. The reality of the judgment of God. Now, first of all, he starts out by saying, then. Literally in the Greek, it's and. And what John is doing is he's referring this text back to the one that precedes it. And what is going on in the text that precedes the judgment? God, once and for all, is putting an end to the devil. Once and for all, He is putting down the devil and his works, and He is doing so in order to cleanse His creation, to prepare for a new creation. Now, there's nothing in itself startling about that until you follow up with the verses that follow, and it's this. He's connecting this text back to the purging of creation, and he is basically saying this. In order for the new heaven and the new earth to come about, creation must be purged of the great enemy, the devil. And after he has put down the devil, then he turns to another enemy man, before creation can be brought in with newness and holiness and righteousness, there must be a judgment. And in that judgment, after it falls, many, most people will be swept away into hell for one sole purpose, to make way for what God plans on doing in His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, if you recall the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, and he is has some sort of an out-of-body experience and he's taken by an angel and he visits many households and he hears people speaking, though they cannot see him. And he comes upon this house and he hears people gathered together saying terrible things about a certain man. Such terrible things they're saying that he almost has pity on the man, even though he doesn't know him. And then all of a sudden, Ebenezer's name is called. And Ebenezer realizes that these people are thinking these horrible thoughts about Him, and they're saying these horrible things about Him. Now come with me for a second into the councils of God. A great discussion going on, and you hear as though you were a fly on the wall God saying, before we can bring in our new heaven and our new earth, we must rid creation of the vile, despicable being who has contaminated it so. And the words of God speaking this way causes you to tremble. And then all of a sudden, you hear your name. He's talking about you. That before... He can bring in the new creation, the new heavens and the new earth. He must rid creation of everything that contaminates it. And your name is called. And I want you to know your name is called if your name is not found in the person and work of Jesus Christ. I know these are horrible things. I know these are things that you've probably never heard. But you must... Hear them! It is this terrible!" He goes on. And John, when he comes into this vision that he has, he says, "...I saw a great white throne." In the Greek text, it comes out a little bit different. He said, "...I saw a throne." I saw a throne. And the order here in Greek is very, very important. It's given, it's given supremacy and preeminence to the throne above all things. He says, "...I saw a throne." One of the greatest need for believers today, for you and for me, is to see a throne. Isaiah had need of seeing a throne. When King Uzziah died, he saw the Lord seated upon a throne. Ezekiel had need of seeing a throne. Jeremiah had need of seeing a throne. Ezekiel especially had need of seeing a throne. You have need of seeing a throne. Believer, you have need. That there is a God, and He has redeemed you, but that God who has redeemed you is Lord over you, and He sits upon a throne that is so immense, so great, everything else disappears in comparison. You need to see a throne when you're thinking about doing things your own way, but you also need to see a throne when you're doing things God's way and everything comes against you. You need to see a throne. But unbelievers also here today need to see a throne. Not as a blessing, not as a support, but as a warning. You will one day stand before that throne and you will be judged before that throne in perfect righteousness. And he goes on and he says, first of all, there's something that I want to make very clear here. This throne upon which God sits is a throne of sovereignty. It demonstrates His power and His rule over everything. But you also need to understand that this throne upon which God sets is a judgment throne. In Romans chapter 14, it's called the judgment throne of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it's called the judgment throne of Christ. It is very, very interesting in our text here that this, this word in Second Corinthians, referring to the judgment throne of Christ, is the word Bema. And it says that when Christ was being judged by Pilate, He stood before the Bema, the throne, the judgment seat of Pilate. But isn't it an amazing thing that here, everything is reversed. Now Pilate will stand before the judgment throne of Christ. How do you think he will feel on that day? When he treated Christ as though he were nothing, he used Christ to barter with Herod. He pawned around Christ as though he were nothing. And now Pilate will stand before Christ. And you say, oh, poor Pilate. No, my friend. Poor you. Because maybe you have done the same. You have judged Christ. You've heard the Gospel over and over. But you've pawned Him off, you've rejected Him. Or you've taken Christ to yourself sort of in a nonchalant fashion. Just enough Jesus to make you religious. But you don't understand, in the way you view Jesus right now, you are judging Him. In the way you serve Jesus, you are judging Him. It's not just about disobedience, it's the way you look at Christ and the way you treat Christ. It goes on. This throne is a great throne. The word that's used in Greek language is megas, in which we, word we get mega. It means something great. It, the word can be translated as appearance, dimensions, mass, weight, compass, extent, strength, rank, eminence, esteem, virtue, authority, and power. Everything summed up in the word greatness is found in the throne of our God and the judgment throne before which you will stand. This greatness is also manifested in the fact that, well, the footstool of this thing, the footstool, is the very earth. Listen to what the scriptures say. Isaiah says, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. There has never been a king on the face of the earth that has owned an entire continent and kept it. Great kings before whom we would tremble, and most of the world has trembled, but they didn't even own a part of the earth. And yet this King before, you, before whom you will stand, this King who will judge you, is so great, His throne, that He puts His feet on this planet. If he sets His feet here. Then how great is His power? How great is His authority! How great is this One before whom you will stand! Another thing that tells us about the greatness of this throne is this. Now John comes into this vision. I want you to think about this. John comes into this vision and he says, I saw a throne. But don't you know that there was almost an infinite number of humanity standing there before the throne. A sea, oceans of men, as far as the eye could see. But John doesn't notice any of them. Do you see that? He doesn't notice them at all. Because the one on that throne is so great, it makes everyone else disappear.
2: All right, I want to stop right there and, um, and go ahead and finish up. we got 26-something minutes. I got three hours, but I'm not going to use it because I got some things I have to um, do. My wife has to go to work. I have to watch babies, kids. Uh, Anyway, uh, I'll be preparing for the next show uh, and I have to pray about it and see what the next show is going to be on. But like I said, we're starting a revelation series where we're going to have guests on, talk about everything from the mark of the beast to uh, the chip to judgment seat of Christ, to the Number one is the gospel, uh, how do you get to heaven, um, the different um, beliefs on how you get to heaven. Uh, one of them is um, the grace thing. And the grace thing is, is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that he who believes. Now, the belief part. Now, the Bible says that the devils believe and they tremble. So if they believe, what kind of belief did they hold? Remember, they left heaven. They left. They left. They left God for another, for another uh, person, which is Satan. So, I mean, their their belief couldn't have been too strong, could it? What do they believe? What 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 belief will get you to heaven? And what belief will get you to hell? Uh, is there a counterfeit Christianity? Where uh, grace is so easy that it lets you, allows you to have a license to sin. Remember the old James Bond movie, License to Practice Sin? Uh, And when I say we're going to sin as believers, we're going to sin. We are sinners. But to be ruled by the flesh or to be ruled by the spirit is the question. Because in Romans uh, chapter 6, and I'm going to read some of it, and then I'm going to go back to the other scriptures I just uh, had. Uh, The word of God says, (coughs) says, he says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now, let's stop there. Can you ignore that? Because we need to read the whole Bible. So we're gonna do that in the course of a couple of weeks. We're gonna kind of fit into each show the scriptures to outline that Christianity must be practiced and lived out in your daily life. So shall we sin? So God's cross will look good. I can, I can hang on to the notion that God will forgive me for everything I've done. In truth, technically, yeah, but technically, no. Because if you continue to live in sin, which we're going to continue to read here, it says, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Because remember, when we identify ourselves with Christ and what he did on the cross, We are now dead men. Because first we were walking dead men before we had Christ. Now we're walking dead men who actually are alive in Christ, Jesus. So it says, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into his death, that, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. Now, in um, John, the book of John, First John, it says, he who practices righteousness is of God, and he who practices sin is of the devil. Now I like to use this as illustration if you got a job at g m or four definitely in the olden days when g m was, was the was the was the bomb and you uh work you you, you sign the contract you start working there they you get your clothes you you know they they give you the rules and regulations they train you on how to how to do your part and uh, you decide you know what, I'm going to start smoking drugs, I'm going to start doing this, I'm going to start doing that, I'm going to start partying, I'm going to start being late for work. I'm gonna... And some of these organizations will give you plenty of chances to uh, redeem yourself But because I, I've heard the story before, family members and, you know, sisters, boyfriends, and, and people who that I know worked in, in the plant, and drugs started to come in and all this other stuff started to come in, and it knocked them off balance. Or I shouldn't say off balance because that sounds too easy. And knocked them off their butt. And they stayed on their butt. And they got back up, came in the plant. You know, and they played the game. Well, eventually they get fired or laid off. And then fired. So they had to walk the gym. You know, my mom went to, went to the plant for 30-something years. And she retired in good standing so let's take the first individual and then take my mom now the Bible says we should walk in the spirit and not in the flesh now the first person who walked went to GM and they were sloppy with it walked in the flesh because that's not God's way and the person who's sloppy with it was not GM's way but see, GM gave them a lot of chances. See, the military won't give you no chances to be drugged out. they kick you out real quick. So the point is, you, you have to practice what you preach. You have to practice God's word. You have to practice living according to God's word. And, and the reason why we entitled this, the realities of hell because we're trying to tell people and warn people not to go there and i'm not going to present to you any philosophical way of preaching the gospel i'm just going to present to you a plain way of hearing the gospel it's not going to be any complications it's not going to be any super knowledge that only I know of private interpretations. It's not going to be any of that. It's going to be just telling, bringing the gospel to you, and that's that's all that's that's all we need. We, we really do need to do. Now, if I'm not a type of person who can hold you, then that's on you, and it's on me, I have to get better. But if I can't hold you then I have to work on some stuff. But as far as the Holy Spirit holding you, I'm not going to sit up here and worry about if I can hold your attention or not. It's only the Spirit of God that can give the increase. And it's only God that can do the increase. Only thing I can do is be used as a tool and used as a voice and get the word out. Okay? So, With that being said, um, let's continue on with verse 6 of Romans. It says, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into his death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in the news of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that the old man is crucified with Christ, that the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Christ, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he lived, he liveth unto God. Like as reckon ye, Also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in its lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. So, let me ask you a question. Are we saved by grace alone? Through faith? Yes, we are. But, once we become born again, and We're saved by grace through faith. Are we to uh, commit ourselves to God, or are we to to believe that uh, faith through grace will work? Now, faith without works, the Bible says, is dead. Now, are we are we born again by works? I don't believe we're born again by works. Um, per se, we work our way to uh, heaven, but we are born because actual faith produces actual works. Whether it be work, works to preach the gospel, works to pray for others, works to to go to church, not forsake the government in assemblies of yourself, works to do what the Bible says as far as your marriage is concerned, as far as finances are concerned. We are uh, committed to the commandments of God. Now, is the 10 commandments I'm talking about? It is the commandments of God, whatever he said in the Bible that we need to do and the Spirit of God leads us to do it, we need to do it. And even if the Spirit of God does not lead us to do it, and the Word says do it, we need to do it. We need to be obedient to the Word of God. And if we're obedient to the Word of God, everything will play itself out. And um, as it says in Philippians 1, 6, that he has begun a good work, and you will complete it until the day, of Christ Jesus, the day that Jesus Christ comes back for His church. Now, I want to say a couple words. Um, Pastor JD uh, and many of y'all familiar with him, he uh, preaches Bible prophecy, and he's great at it. Now, I've I've noticed something about uh, his, his his messages. Now. Uh, There are some messages that he does That is Bible is Straight up how to live a Christian life And I can tell a lot Even in myself I can tell a lot from How many people are listening to those Versus how many people are listening to um, Bible prophecy updates Now I'm not saying then we're going to just eat it up like a smorgasbord, um, some of them, like if he did uh, uh, one on the Book of Judges or uh, if he did one on the Romans. But the numbers should not be that low because he has enough people to bring to the table his other messages. And no one's re- listening to his other messages. So could that be a – now, I'm just saying – I'm not saying this is a fact. This is my opinion. It could be my observation according to God's word. I don't know. But could that be a, a thermometer of how our spiritual health really is? So if he's, if he's that good in Bible, if he's that good and simple to understand Bible prophecy, shouldn't many of us be reading or listening to the other <coughs> parts of the gospel? Because you can tell a lot. Like, for instance, Fire Charger, who came on my show a few times, When Fire Charger talks about Bible prophecy, his numbers are huge. But when he talks about uh, spiritual matters, his numbers are low. And he's not the only person. Uh, Most people, I've noticed, Besides a few, now you have this one company. I can't. I, I'm sorry, I can't remember their their name organization. It was a Christian organization, and they have Christian CDs, and they even have one, that, you know, sexual sins or sexual addictions. They even have uh, how, how do you get saved? And their numbers are huge because they have pinpointed their 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 people who need, really need to hear it. But that does not change the fact that perhaps the JD's. Teachings should be higher, at least higher than they are. So it is it is a it is a it is a gauge to tell where this country really is. And a lot of people who follow Bible prophecy does not mean that you're saved. And uh that scares me to death. Make sure you're calling an election is sure. Make sure you're in the faith. If a brother thinks he stands, let him check himself just in case he falls. Are we lined up with the word of God? Is our life a, a, a testament to the word of God? And if it's not, we need to get that way. We all need to get that way. And and that is exactly what is happening now. So, yeah, I'm going to keep y'all entertained, but it's going to be entertaining. According to the word of God, and if you don't want to, if if you don't want to hear, it, that's fine with me. Um, I, I'm gonna do a program because I don't really believe in bashing the president or bashing any you know government, but I am gonna do some shows on bashing maybe once every blue moon, because um, there are some things that you know President Obama says and does which. And President Bush says it does, or President Clinton does, says it does, which which really irritates the heck out of me. But we have to pray for these individuals, so you know I, I promote that we need to pray for the President of the United States and his and his family, just like we should pray for our neighbors. Uh, so yeah, it it is very important that we we live our lives. According to the word of God, so we, when the, what it says in the word of God, once we come to the knowledge, then we can, uh, correct others. And, and that is so true. That is so true. And so I hope y'all enjoy today's show. I enjoy, I always enjoy listening to Paul Harvey when he does that, uh, ride with the devil. Um, and it, and it's pretty much right on. He wrote that himself and yeah and that's exactly what i would do as well if i was the devil i would do the exact thing that he's doing now if 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 i if i believe that uh you know i want people to go to hell with me yeah i'm gonna take you down if i gotta go down i'm taking you down you know but uh you know, God has there's you know there's no weapon formed against us to prosper, and and there there is no weapon formed against us that's going to prosper. So check out my website at Um Go up to the the navigate the bar and press on um, our blog, and you can also uh, go to www.propheciesonradio/blog and that'll take you to our website. And uh there's news and information there. <clears throat> We're working on it to bring even more news and information. And um and this is and this is uh, going to be a interesting series cuz it's going to last for the rest of the year. And the revelation series is going to be everything that's Bible prophecy still. I mean, there's no way around it. Everything that's in, in that the earthquakes, uh, pestilence, uh, antichrist, false prophet, mixture to churches, everything's there. <clears throat> so you can find one scripture in in Revelations to articulate the rest of the Bible. So if I'm talking about the mark of the beast, you can go back to the rest of the Bible and and talk about the mark of the beast. But you you will probably be like for instance the 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 commitment. Of the music industry, uh, like Lauren Hill said, is to put out sorry music and and sell it, sell uh spousal abuse or sell drugs or whatever to the culture, so you can bring the culture now. Now, I look at this as uh, like this: the 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 music industry in the, in Hollywood. If you look if you go to Google's earth or uh, Google no, I'm sorry, Google's uh, image and you look up movie stars, you look up the music industry, y- and you look up symbolism, and they're gonna have all these symbols of six 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 and they're gonna be holding up pyramids and stuff like that. Well, they're already sealed. Because they were they worship Satan. They've already sold out. They just have to wait for the initial mark of the beast. So Satan has the, the your 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 uh faces. Like to say on The Temptations, we the voices. They have taken over the, the individuals who brainwashes the culture. So they're going to continue to articulate symbolism from Satan until the time where they, the Satan's going to say, okay, I'll take my mark. And all the movie stars and, and, and actors are going to take the mark first, and you'll see it on TV. And they're going to brainwash the culture into taking the mark. And they're going to follow these individuals right into the pit of hell. So yeah, we're gonna do a show on the music industry pertaining to the rest of the Bible, who says that you know the you know faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God, but also hearing can destroy you by listening to other devices and other things that will bring you down, and that's exactly what's gonna happen if you do not go to the cross and go to Jesus and, and listen to the word of God and let it feed you and generate strength to you. We are in the last days of the last days. So, yeah, basically I can take the book of Revelation for instance, even talking about the rapture of the church where it says the church of Philadelphia I will keep you out of the time of testing. I want to I want to I want to close with a prayer that that God will uh, bring more listeners to the Prophecy Zone and that, Lord, you would uh, make this ministry grow, not to gain money. We have never asked for any money. We never will. I think somebody gave me $50 for the last four years, and that's fine with me. I'll spend my own money because I think it's, this is my calling. Make sure your calling and election is sure. This is my calling. God, I pray that you would bless this ministry and, and 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 give us strength and guidance and send more people to help me out in this ministry, God. And and I pray that the listeners will get something out of this, that the Word of God will will not return back void, and that your Word will go powerful through the world and the nations and, and and captivate. And I pray for other ministries. I pray for uh, other ministries on Blog Talk Radio, Brother Mike Parker. Um, all these brothers that that have that have put put the time and effort into it, Brother Mike Bradford, Dave Lillard, I pray in the name of Jesus, in time uh, Tribune, uh, that you would just manifest yourself through these ministries. Uh, that you that Brother Jeffrey from in uh now the end begins, empower him to go forth and preach the gospel and to the, to to the to the outermost parts of the earth, God. I praise you and I thank you for for sisters like uh for uh sisters like uh um uh, uh Susan who 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 is been made strong in in the ministry of of exposing uh, people sorry about that somebody got my attention but god i just thank you so much for your 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 wisdom and your power that you've given us that we should not be lazy but we should go forth in the power of your blood and the power of your spirit and, and proclaim the gospel of jesus christ and that be said amen and amen and i'm sorry about that so much something got my attention at the wrong time but um Never have a, never have. Well, I ain't gonna tell y'all what, <laughs> what happened. But God bless everybody out there. Since as as I can find my um, studio, uh, Blog Talk Radio, I encourage most listeners out there to go start your own radio program. It's, it's, it's awesome. I've been on here for three years. Our listenership is pretty high. It could be even higher. Um, we're not here for the numbers, but like I say. We've only did one show sparingly. Imagine if we've been doing shows every day, we our listenership would probably humongous. So we're gonna try to be persistent and keep going until Jesus Christ comes. And um, Lord be willing, Christ come back soon. We don't have to uh, worry about uh, the the trials and tribulations down here. But blessed is the man who goes to the trials and tribulations because he should be made stronger. Uh, versus the person who suffers with Christ because he should be made stronger. And if you're made stronger, you're going to be made in, 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 in you're going to be more in the image of Christ. And, and when you're in the image of Christ, trust me, things are going to work out for you. But the peace and the perfect peace that God has for us is more important than anything that I can uh, even wish for in this present world, but um, like I said, we're going to we're here to preach the gospel, but we're also here to entertain. And people probably get mad at me for saying that word. So, uh, what we're going to be doing in the future is we're still going to if people if people leave the show after I start talking about the gospel, that's fine with me. But we're still going to do that. So, we're going to bring on people who are going to preach the gospel, or preach the truth. Uh, We're going to bring on political issues sometime, but but our objective is the gospel. Our war is not of this earth. We're not here to take back Rome. We're here to preach the gospel to Jesus Christ. So with that being said, God bless y'all, and I hope this is the right outro. Uh, Y'all have a blessed day, and and see y'all next time. God bless. You have been listening to The Prophecy Zone on Blog
1: Talk Radio. Be sure to check out our website at www.pzrn.org. Also, like us on Facebook at Prophecy Zone Radio News and at YouTube at Prophecy Zone. Be sure to check us out next time on the Prophecy Zone as we explore the past, observe the present, and hope for the soon future return of the Savior Jesus. God
2: bless y'all. Have a wonderful day.